0: Chapter 16. The King's Brunch Behind the door a woman was waiting for us. She wore a black cloth over her face. I opened my mouth to say hello when she turned the other way. All of us followed this woman in the black scarf before we entered under a door with a red cloth over it which led us to a vivid green door with unusual copper strands. Before I could question where we were going, we reached. Oh, this last door was a double door, molded out of gold. The guards whispered into a radio on their shoulder while we all waited. You're going to love brunch, whispered one of the followers, tugging at the sleeve of my new coat. Hey, hey, hey. I shoot him off they were all whispering about brunch and that's when I decided that this moment right now was by far the best I've ever felt gold was sparkling in front of my nose and as the doors creaked open my eyes feasted upon a grand ballroom filled with long tables everything giant red, black, white banners all hanging from the ceiling a group of extravagant humans of all skin colors held vivid drinks in their exquisite chalices before brass horns filled the air oh this is for me everyone in the room turned They all wore exotic garments, everyone was different, from unique areas of history, and everything was perfect and magnificent, just as this doctor promised. See, isn't brunch wonderful, the preacher whispered in my ear. Hey, where did he come from? And his smile was stretching from ear to ear. It was all so wonderful, because at the very center of the room, against the back wall, was a magnificent table raised high above the rest, and we were heading toward it. All these humans smelled of lavish fragrances, and I knew they were important, just like me, because their jewelry was sparkling. They must have been royal subjects of the ancient lands, and that's when I noticed the big man with the brown beard wearing the golden crown. He was waiting for us at the high table. Is that the one? said the man with the crown. Everyone, I'd like you to meet the natives of the planet. They're a peaceful and gentle people. It's their first day with us, said the preacher. Whispers coasted through the room. No one moved while we made our way up to the high table. Jane and I followed the steps higher until they pulled the chair up beside the king. Without thinking, my legs commanded me forward until I sat in the seat. Looking down at the people, the king looked upon me. He had a big brown beard with electric blue eyes staring right back into mine. Oh, what a day it is. Who are you, and what are you doing sitting in her seat? asked the man with the crown. "'Hi there, mister,' I told him. "'I go by M. Oakley, and this is a mighty fine place you have here. "'Really, really nice room, and would you believe?' "'His finger jumped up over my lips to silence me. "'Shh,' he said. "'Too much, too fast. "'This isn't your seat.' "'Oh,' I paused. "'Where should I sit?' "'Stand,' he ordered. "'I followed his orders right away. "'After all, he was wearing the big crown. "'It's for you, Miss Mary Jane. "'She's the one word's been spreading about,' said the preacher. "'The bearded man studied her up and down.' We've been waiting for a sign, and here you are. Please, my lady, join us for brunch. The whole room was watching. Sir, I tapped his shoulder. That's a really nice crown. Are you the king? His eyes didn't even look back. I am. King of what? King of all, he said. And who's the mad talker? Me? I told you. I'm a Mokli, and I observe things, like things you've never seen. I even write books on all kinds of stuff. Well, it's more like history, because I'm actually more of a history keeper. Get this man out of here, said the king. He's my brother, Jane said. The king was stunned, and so was the room. So her brother is a historian, asked the king, looking towards the preacher. That's me. Well, the historian must eat with us. Come here, my boy. Wait, you've kept the history. Then you must recognize my face. The king had soft brown hair, a burly beard, a strong frame that could carry a nation, and white skin underneath. He reminded me of the white men in the Order, but unlike them, this man was built of muscle under his luxurious red cape. Come on, my boy, you've seen my face, said the king. Are you? I paused. I'd barely ever met anyone, and to think I'd seen someone with a beard was the best part of my day. Are you the savior? I asked him. Ha! Oh, I like this one. I'm King Burns Third, and welcome to my realm, the king laughed. My fingers had to pet his chair. Oh, it's pure gold. This man certainly was my king, too. Where is the rest of our family? asked Jane. Don't know, but watch this, said the king. With a golden chalice in his hand, he stood up and slammed the cup on the table. The woman in the back refilled his cup with red wine before the king chugged it. Some of it dripped down his beard, while some of the wine spilled on the citizen seated below. Yet everyone celebrated as it splattered against the people's faces. Then the king raised his empty chalice, and he threw the cup across the room. Men and women leapt from the tables to claim the chalice when the king pounded his fists on the table. Bring in the entree, said the king. It's time. An entree? Oh, amazing! Well, what is it? And look at these people! No one is the same. He's black, she's black, you are white. It's all perfect. You know what, Mr. King? I think the place I came from was full of racists, racists, eh whispered the king. Let me teach you something about race. There's only one, and it's green. The king reached into his pocket and revealed the green bill with his face on top beside the hundred dollar marking. As long as you work for my dollar, I don't care what you are, winked the king. Excitement jostled through the room before everyone settled in their seats. The main doors swung open and women wearing black veils stormed through the aisles with silver platters high above their heads. <clears throat> Today is an important day, said the king. After twenty-eight years lost in the universe, we no longer obey the sacred pause. I have freed us, I have fulfilled my promises, and here sits the unicorn herself soon we'll find the virgin mother and then i will give birth to the son of god before we reign forever how does that sound everyone was cheering they were all loving it and tell everyone about me i whispered please I'm a moakley and we also have a historian with us he added hello everyone so fabulous to be here be on the lookout for the virgin said the preacher once the sun is born the cosmic energy will shift and the entire universe will obey our command The silver platters were brought to every single person in the room before the women with the black veils left without saying a word to anyone. They even brought me a silver tray and placed it in my hands when I stood behind the king and Jane. The preacher and I were the only ones standing, and I had the best view of the whole room. Then all at once the door swung open when an exotic woman with pink hair entered at last. "'Hello, honey,' said the beautiful woman. "'Were you going to tell me about brunch?' "'Oh, Vianka, please come join us,' said the king." Well, look at this. All my favorite people were invited, but no one thought to tell the queen, said Bianca. Voluptuous curbs bumped against the backs of her guests as she strode her hips between the rows of tables until she found the high table. And if I had my notebook, I'd write at least four pages about how perfect she was. She was a living fantasy, a white-faced angel that might make the stars jealous. And will you look at that that hair? Oh, my goodness, I've never seen anything so colorful. We're so grateful you could join us, said the king. Another grand chair was nestled between the king and I for Vianca to sit while I took a whiff of her hair. Oh, it was just... Then the king spoke to the room. The great wait is over. Today we celebrate the beginning of our golden age. The crowd was howling, clapping and pounding the tables. Enjoy your feast, yelled the king. He grabbed the cover off his silver plate and tossed it behind him. It whizzed past my face and clattered against the wall. Uncovering my silver plate, all I found was a single red pill on a tray. Cheers echoed while everyone discovered the same pill on their platter, too. The king was laughing, smiling again. His eyes looked back at me. He pointed to the pill and stated his demands. Take the trip, said the king. The tiny red pill looked like blood in a capsule as it sloshed back and forth between my fingers. Jane put it in her mouth after the king looked at her, and so I copied her as well before I swallowed it whole. The king patted me on the back twice, and I didn't like either time. No one in the room noticed, which told me he was harmless, but now my fist was clenched under the table, just in case. The happiness turned to madness, and so I leaned forward to have a word with him when Jane grabbed my fist and held it under the table. Fit in, mouthed Jane. What happens next is something I'd like to call melted vegetables. I remember standing right here, beside the preacher. It was Jane, the queen and the king, but once they started bringing in trays of food, it felt like time skipped. I swear I was here right but I forgot. Oh, I got to where I am right now. I was standing in the exact same spot. Wait, I was... I hadn't moved at all. But then why the tingles? And who put that apple there? It tasted sad and depressed, as if the tree from which it came had never bared ripe fruits once. Goodness, it's so depressing. I'm sorry, apple, did someone forget to love you when they raised you? The apple didn't say anything. It'd been removed from the source long ago, and somewhere there's a tree missing its baby one. I know what it's like, I whispered to the apple. I miss my family, too. "'Isn't this great, Miss Mary Jane?' said the king. "'What about my family?' asked Jane. "'There was even me, too. "'Limbs of animals were steaming, and it tasted like each animal was tortured and burnt alive. "'Jane saw the dead animals aside, too. "'Some humans were eating. "'Others were spinning in circles at their seats. "'But I found myself hugging a bowl of rice. "'These grains were warm, and every little one stuck to my fingers like i never wanted to let go. Oh, one by one I fed them into my mouth, and I thanked them for making the journey all the way here.'" Jane was holding the broccoli while the king continued to talk into her ear. I reached for one of her vegetables, but the queen took my hand and began to massage it. The queen poured wine in the cup and lifted it to my mouth. Drink up, my darling, said Bianca. Even the grapes tasted if the sun scorched them. You weren't going to tell me about brunch, were you, honey? asked Bianca, especially with our new friends arriving. She'd been eyeing me up when she reached into her purse and pulled an orange medicine bottle out. Emptying a variety of pills into her hands, she winked at me and then tossed the pills into her mouth and swallowed. The king sat in silence, munching on a chicken wing with his pure white teeth. His chair was the grandest one out of everyone here, but the king still hadn't spoken to his queen. After enough time of staring, she leaned over to kiss his cheek. I was standing right beside them, observing everything, when her eyes peered at me just as her lips touched his cheek. Her eyes were glued on me when it happened. I remember I looked down at my rice, and oh, I dropped the bowl, and t- oh, my grains flew everywhere. "'You know I owe you,' said the king to Jane as he nudged Bianca back in her seat. "'You summoned us here, and I promise I'll make it up to you.' "'He did it,' said Jane, pointing at me. "'He brought us here. It's all because of a Oakley.' "'Oh, the Indian boy,' said the king, pointing his fingers at me. "'So you're something like a leader, then. Tell me, Sonny, how, how do you deal with these migrants you have on this planet?' we've only found a few of them, but how many are left?' "'Ah.' "'Ditto predicted there would be five. Is that all? "'And how'd you manage to survive all these years?' said the king. "'The poor rice was sparkling on the floor, and each grain was reaching for my attention. "'Come on, historian, speak up,' he said. "'Tell me about the history here. Come on, what'd you learn?' "'Am I supposed to say something? Would Otto be so timid?' "'Manuka. And what about Levi? I know they'd be strong, they'd be proud. "'Well, I wasn't a real leader like Otto, and I wasn't a compassionate person like Manuka, "'but I suppose you could call me good at observing things. "'Come on, boy, at least tell me how you found this place.' Love. I used love and it worked. Aw, oh, said Bianca. The king spit his drink out across the table. Wine splashed and the people seated below us. My God, the Indians will never get it, yelled the king. You've got a few things to work on, Big Chief, and you'll need to change your name too. It's terrible. What about Jack or Tom? Come on, kid. It's no good. You've got to be firm. Time skipped when he chugged his drink and tossed his cup across, across the his cup across the vu. Déjà Déjà vu. vu. Twice the cup bounced off the furthest flag, while a red stain dripped down the white banner like blood. Everyone was laughing when a man tossed an apple straight up before it smacked someone else in the head. The laughter kept growing louder. A loaf of bread was tossed before it hit someone's shoulder. A chicken wing was launched when a woman ducked out of the way. Everyone was throwing food in all directions. I was Dottie upset, said Bianca, petting the king's cheeks. She was talking so sweet with all the chaos happening right in front of us, but the king wouldn't notice her. Leaning forward to see what would happen, Bianca's hand reached between my legs. Hey! She was trying to reach up into my private, so I stepped back. Then she whispered loud enough for Jane and I to hear. Don't waste your wine, Daddy, because Mommy doesn't like it when you're grumpy. I won't be talked to like that in front of our guests, said the king, but I will have another drink. He motioned to one of his servants dressed in all black. Fill everyone to the top, said the king. Time skipped again. It was brief, and I was more aware this time around, because one moment I was listening, and now a servant was waiting beside me. Your papers, said the servant. Papers? Papers? Yes, the sole contract, said the preacher. Of course, the contract, said the king. Everyone's got a contract, and well, you know how it goes around these parts. They said you forgot to sign it, so go ahead, sign here. The king smirked while my eyes caught sight of a chicken crumble that was stuck on the edge of his beard. He smiled, and then the tiny chicken crumble tumbled off his chin onto his chest and landed on his shirt beside the button. There it was, one tiny bit of chicken perched up on his belly bump. Words and voices continued out of his mouth, but this little chicken crumb would not negotiate. Yes, it had fallen, but not even laughter could sway the chicken piece. Either way, it held its position on the lump suspended halfway between digestion and decay, but I'm not even sure which was worse, to be chewed alive or left for dead. Words ran around the room, but I was stuck between his eyes and this chicken crumb. Would it tumble or could it stay? Now another piece fell from his lips and struck the chicken crumb, but look, it would not fall. My goodness. And would he eat it? Certainly he shouldn't waste it. Oh, it was on the brink of tumbling down. It was all so embarrassing for him, and how could anyone let this go on any longer? Someone needed to step up. Someone needed to change the course of the day. And after I spoke up, the king would commend my honesty, and then he'd look at me the same way he looks at the preacher. On the verge of opening my mouth to tell him, he reached behind me and took hold of a woman's rear. She turned and handed him a pen. I'd lost sight of the chicken crumb. Was it gone, or he rotated back into view? But no, of course not. The chicken crumb hung on beside that button while he pointed at the papers in front of me. Time to sign your contract, said the king. It was only a few hundred pages at this time, but the words had shrunk so small I couldn't read any of it. The tiny words were blending, and it seemed to ramble on forever. No need to read. It's fine as it is. Go ahead and sign right here, said the king. Setting that pen beside my right hand, he pointed to the page. Sign it, he said. I actually write with this hand. I raised my left. Oh, a lefty, said Bianca. I heard lefty people are kinky. Is it true? He moved the pencil to my other side. Of course, I was going to reach for it, but I was just trying to open up. That's what friends do, and if the king and I were to be buddies, then we'd have, to, we'd have to get to know each other on a more intimate level. I'm almost certain that's what kings and historians would do. Do it, said the king. Looking left and looking right, everyone in the room held their eyes on me, except the preacher. He was looking at the scraps of rice, but he couldn't seem to find the one he wanted. I need to say something, and so I spoke to the room. First off, thank you everyone for inviting us. I am so thankful was silent now the food fight had halted and not even the creature seemed to acknowledge me sign it said the king i paused only for a moment what is it again it's paperwork said the king and if it's just paper, then where do all these pages go? Do they stay piled up in a room somewhere? Or is it all useless junk like the stuff I used to write? I've seen what happens to society when people only care about pages of paper, and I don't think more pages are the answer. From now on, I think, sign it, the king demanded. I'm not going to ask again. He cut me off right in the middle of my sentence, and I couldn't remember where I was going. Oh, I hate that. Everyone was watching me stand up here clueless, but all I could focus on was the anger coming from the king's nostrils. "'We could let him look at it for a bit,' said the preacher. "'Give him until tomorrow, and we'll have him sign it later.' "'Why the hell would we?' the king paused. The room waited while I took a deep breath. "'Fine, but I want it signed. "'It's on you now,' said the king. "'And where's our family?' said Jane. "'Did you meet Minuko, Otto, and Levi?' "'The whole room was waiting for something, anything to happen, "'and so I took it upon myself to fill the void "'by communicating to the entire room again. "'They're my family, too, after all. "'Has anyone seen them?' The room was staring. No one moved. Hmm. The king reached back and squeezed my arm tighter than anyone ever had. Don't mess with me, brown boy, he said. You're in my kingdom now. He let go when I gave him his pen back. I placed it in his right hand, not his left. I already saw he favored his right hand when he gave it to me. We can keep your pen because I'm not signing your contract until I see my family. Everyone is confused, including me, but we all kept watching. And again, thank you so much for the food, I told the room. "'I was trying to be decent in the chaos, but his face oozed with disgust. Oh, one more thing,' I pointed to his shirt. "'The whole room waited. "'You have a little chicken crumble on your big belly lump.' "'The room gasped while the king's face turned bright red. "'And just like that, Bianca swept his belly clean, "'and the tender piece of chicken fell to the ground. "'Finally, exposing the unfortunate chicken crumble "'was the last thing I wanted for him, "'but I was just being a good friend. "'That's all.'